Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> you got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so it should be good to go. So, yeah. I gotta ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So, living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Nation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things within their communities. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. This portion of the Behind the Wheel podcast is brought to you by the folks at the Creative Print Workshop. Yo, these folks, I tell you, you see the grit shirts, you've seen the grind shirts. I did a 30-day grind social media experiment, and I wore that shirt for 30 days, yo. And I washed it, obviously I washed it, but the care and the, the texture, the print, the ink, everything held up. So I'm very impressed, yo. For real, for real. When I tell you that the ink on the shirt held up, the colors of the shirt held up, I was so impressed. I contacted the manufacturer that makes the shirts. I contacted the creative print shop and said, yo, man, I'm very impressed with your shirts. I'm happy, pleased. And so, yes, they are, they are a proud sponsor of the Behind the Wheel and how I'm building this podcast. You know, they started in 2000. That's 11 years ago as a custom design company that drew custom designs on apparel with fabric paints. Yo, Brother Hazel has been in the printing and design industry for 20 years, yo. Over 20 years. I mean, when, you, when I tell you about the, the process, the care, it's one thing to say, you know, it's, it's a black-owned company, but the professionalism with which they handle your your order from Zanti, who is, you know, the office manager who's in customer service, always pleasant, always upbeat. Before you go to place your order, Yo, there is a consultation. You sit down with the CEO and founder, the chief executive officer of everything, Brother Hazel. And man, it is um, from from the ordering process to review. You can approve your orders online. So if you're in need of design, print, garments, yo, they handle everything. I'm getting some mugs, some of the killer mugs. I can't wait till they come in, yo. Yeah, so to talk to a designer, give them a call at 443-842-3900. That number again is 443-842-3900. Yo, she's jogging on the block. All black, everything. The number again is 443-842-3900. Or you can email if you've got a question, info at thecreativeprintshop.com. That's creative with a K. Thecreativeprintshop.com. Dot com. It's a little warm in here. It's not too bad today. It's not, it's not too bad today. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, D. Oxley. And today, yo, we are treated, we are inside of the Jambulance. <laughs> yo, if you, we, we got the clips for you so you can see the inside of this. When I tell you this is amazing, I was so excited to meet with this individual. And y'all know I'm from Wally World. And I, I, I forgot, but I, I plugged in 
Meriden Mall and brought me to the Greens on in Meriden. I'm like, well, this is a nice place, but this is not where I need to be. I need to be where Tim Swite is. Is an incredible human being. So glad to have him on the show. Tim, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. Tim, so for those people who don't know you, why don't you tell them a little about yourself, how you got started in this wild world of just creating um, well, I'm a, I was a musician, so mm-hmm. I spent most of my life playing music. And uh, one of the benefits of being a musician is you get to kind of live this sort of free lifestyle, right? Like free mm-hmm. of the constraints of normal society. Uh, but the downside of it is that you're always flat broke. <laughs> so, uh, you know, during the day when everybody was at work, I'd be out picking up the stuff that they, they tossed. And that was like how I furnished my homes and stuff like that. You know, furniture, secondhand store stuff that people left on the curb. Uh, all that kind of stuff, and then I started like fixing it up and painting it, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and then I started getting kind of good at it, and people started to want to like buy it mm. from me, and I was like, oh, so it became like a side hustle while I was playing music that I would be like making like furniture and stuff, and okay. all just out of reclaimed material stuff that people threw away, garbage, quote unquote, right? And so the business mantra was to make worthless things priceless, you mm. know, to, to create something that was just so special and cherished to someone that there was no value to it, you know. Uh, which is pretty lofty for a palette, you know. Yes, yeah, you do. You do some incredible. <laughs> this palette. This is what is inside of the uh, the Jambulans. It's all palette. Yeah, this is all all palette wood. Um, yeah, but so, so to just finish that story to get to the Jambulans, um, you know, I started enjoying doing that more and playing music, getting home at four in the morning less, you know. Uh, so I just sort of shifted until I became just like a full time guy, like making stuff. So I was making furniture and coffee tables, and of course. With my music background, that morphed into making instruments and guitars and whatnot, which is where we are today, where I just basically make guitars but with the same attitude and the same approach of using stuff that other people threw away, reclaim mm-hmm. materials, locally sourced, sustainable materials. You know? Now, were you always handy growing up? No. No, I was, um, I'm stubborn. <laughs> I, you know, what do you I, mean? I was always the guy walking around, I would see someone do something, I'd be like, I could do that, and then i go try, and I couldn't do it. But I wouldn't give up until I could, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how... Uh, that's how I got here is just this sheer stubbornness mm. you know it's and people always say like oh you're so talented like, no I'm just stubborn I don't give up like that's how that's how I got anywhere right it's not because I have some natural talents because I while you were watching Netflix I was freaking working you know what I mean I was like like gritting my teeth and mm-hmm. making mistakes and screwing up and, and I still do every day <laughs> now, was your dad a, um, a carpenter no no he was my, my grandfather was a carpenter but I didn't really know him too well but um, he was a finished carpenter, like cabinetry and stuff. And mm-hmm. apparently he was pretty good. Um, I didn't have a tight relationship with the guy, but I do have some of his old tools, which I think is kind of cool. And then my other grandfather he used to make clocks. Uh, he was like a cl- into clocks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have some of his old tools. But my dad, like, he went to college and went the suit and tie route. He didn't want to do that stuff. And um, and I think it's cool though that like like my son, who's now 11, like he loves coming to the workshop with me. Mm-hmm. And I have this drill press that was my father's father's. You know, so it, and it, it just, I remember the time my son was like five years old and he was like drilling a hole with this drill press that was like his great grandfather's drill wow. press. I was like, that is, that is awesome. Yeah. My, my dad, um, my dad is a carpenter. Oh yeah? Yeah. So I didn't know all of this, you know, like the equipment. I used to see some of this stuff because we live in an apartment in Brooklyn. Yeah. But so I didn't realize like the, the, the magnitude of what he did until we moved back to Barbados. Yeah. But it's good that, I mean, to, for you to be able to see well, and to have the actual tools that your great 
yeah. that your grandfather had. Now your son is looking at his great great grand. That's like yeah. oh. Yeah, it's pretty it's a legacy. Cool. Yeah, it is. It is, and it's you know, and the the whole world of like, I mean, nowadays the term is like maker. Like, I'm not a woodworker or a carpenter because I also work with fabric and metal. Or so mm-hmm. we call us call them makers now. But I, I'm more like a woodworker, you know. And uh, yeah, and, and it's so neat because there's like like my neighbor across the street is also a woodworker, you know. But he does like um, construction and framing and cabinetry, like my grandfather. So he has like a whole different set of tools than me. Mm-hmm. They're all, they all fit in cases that you can put on a truck, whereas mine are, like, too heavy to move, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so, you, you, do you sew also? Do you, I see the, um, the bench that's here. Well, so, you know, when I built out this truck, uh, and I guess people have to go to your, your Instagram and stuff to see pictures, or mine, mm-hmm. uh, but the idea was I wanted a store to display my guitars because my workshop is this dirty old barn, you know? And, um, and I couldn't afford a store, and so I was like, I'm just going to buy a truck and make one kind of the idea and so that's you know with the same ethos i bought this old truck it's like a 95 uh, box van step van and uh i just stripped it and then built this whole room that we're in mm-hmm. um and i had some help that the cushion this is way beyond my sewing capability to make these beautiful cushions okay uh so i actually had a, a friend in montana that made them for me and there's a video there's a whole video series about all this on youtube and so there's a video of her part of making this and then so that's all natural hemp denim Mm-hmm. And then the cushions I got from another great lady that sells DIYupholster.com is her name. And, uh, and she sells natural latex cushions, so there's no additives. It's like latex right from the tree. Mm-hmm. You know, so everything is like all hippy-dippy in here, you know. It's okay. Like, like, yeah, so I, it, t- Tim has a manifesto. So <laughs> I, um, I read through the manifesto, and it, and it really kind of said, if you like this, this would not be for you. So it's like really... Setting people up to show uh, uh, this is the target audience that I'm looking for. Right. That and, uh, that little fake zine that I gave you um, was designed for the guitar shows that I go to mm-hmm. uh, from even before I built this truck. Um, because, you know, I make my guitars. They're all made out of reclaimed wood. They have nail holes in them and stuff. And in the music world and the guitar world, there's a sort of, there's a, a sect of people that are sort of snobs about brand names and tone wood and I'm making air quotes when I say tone wood because we're still doing air quotes I thought that was like done man <laughs> I thought we were like done with like air quotes it's and like, you're a cool guy man like I wore I wore my bolero today because <laughs> Tim had it on but I tell you I pulled up we were at the Norwalk Festival yes. I was like yo this guy is really he's really like jamming like I'm just chilling I'm I'm here buy the guitars you see them and you see the it's like you're so cool you're swagged out and the, the air quotes we don't do it I'm just learning that now <laughs> <laughs> uh, the band I've been pre-COVID I always wore the bandana it's a very useful mm-hmm. tool it's like I was kind of giving my little thing about my pen yeah, I'm like yeah. one of those dudes I'm like I gotta be prepared I have like my pen, you know, my... Yeah, this pen has got... You got a pen, a pencil, red, white colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like three colors. It's like a thing of a pilot's use. But so I always have the bandana. It's a very useful tool. Like you, mm-hmm. you get a cut, it's a bandage. You know, it's, nowadays it's a mask for COVID. I, you know, lock and sawdust so I make a quick cut. A million uses for it. It gets mm-hmm. hot, you soak it, you put it back on, it cools you off. Uh, yeah, that's just uh, my thing. I, that's, your, that's your like trademark. My bow tie yeah. used to be my, um, my trademark. Yeah, my bow tie's a good one. Yeah. Good one. So the, the, the manifesto... Oh. Okay, yeah, so that was that was aimed towards my gu- the guitar customers because mm-hmm. there is this sect of guitar customers that would come up to my stuff and be like, well, you can't get a good tone out of that because it's not Honduras mahogany and you can't... And I was like, you know what, dude, I don't even want to sit and have that discussion with you. Like, that's fine. You can believe that and, and do that. If that's, if that's where your mindset is and that's how you need to make music, that's fine. But there's a lot of us that are not like that. Mm-hmm. And so that was just sort of my way of being like, yeah, you know, 
we don't need to have that discussion. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna change your mind. You're not gonna change mine. Yeah. That's okay. You don't have to. I'm not trying to put Fender or Gibson out of business. I'm not trying to be the only guitar maker in the world. I'm making them for people that dig what I do yeah. and, and have a similar mindset. And there's enough of them out there to keep me in business. You know, I always say like just Connecticut alone. It's three million people in Connecticut, right? One mm. percent of them is my customers, and I'm busy for two lifetimes, three lifetimes. Yeah. Right. That's all I need. I'm not trying to be some like Amazon. You know. Mm. <laughs> like, so yeah, it is. It's incredible. So I saw the. Um, you can, you can, come across someone. Um, I don't. I don't care where you're from. You know your background, but you can see the product and see yo. This person really is passionate about what they do. They they pour themselves into the work, man. And this it's like I gotta talk to him. I, I really. Reading, I was like, yo, reading this thing is like, it, it, I like how I just say, okay, let's not waste each other's time. Mm. This may not be for you. And that's cool. Mm. I'm cool with that. And those people who are, then Come that's, on your, that's, your, that's <laughs> your tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I remember me and Noel working like, yo, I'm, I'm going to get this guy this bass. Let him check out the bass. So I'm like, yo, this, you, you really are like into just just connecting with people it's just it's just it's just a, a good thing to witness uh, yeah yeah that kid um i don't i don't know when the podcast is going to come out i'm, I'm not really talking about it publicly yet because i just started it but um but uh, yeah I, this 21 year old kid playing bass is out there he's hustling he's making it for a living his band is great like he's got this great you know vibe about him and uh i was like yeah i'm gonna make him a bass and so i i told him that and, and he actually called me i was like i thought like I mean, if I was some twenty-one-year-old kid, this weird gray-haired dude, bitch, you get in the van. Let me, you know, like I didn't want to. It's like uh -huh. I was like, I'm cool, like, and you know, like I'm legit. Like, I feel very fortunate. Like, business has been good this year. Mm -hmm. Like, and you know, people are always telling me like, well, you should give a guitar to like Keith Richards or like you know, or Bono, you know, like all these like big. I'm like, why? So they can put it in their closet with like a million other guitars that don't get played mm -hmm. that other people have given them. It's like no. Instead of like, if I'm gonna start like giving instruments out, I'm gonna give them to people that are gonna like really really need them and yeah. want them yeah. you know and so this guy he's out there making a living he's got a great base mm -hmm. but so I, we had a phone conversation I was like what, is, what do you need that you don't have to do what you do to make the and we discussed it and he had some things that he wanted so I'm like alright so I'm building it and, uh, and I mean I can't do that for everyone mm -hmm. you know but. No, I just thought it was just the it was just, this, it was just like in real time not so it just it, it could oh, yeah, like you, a you were just actually there yeah, I, was yeah. just, I was talking to the wife the wife incredible also was like yo this is it's like a team effort this was this was yeah that's um Gwen has really been a, a huge help this year especially um since we started bringing the truck out because uh, I you know like you I'm a one man show and I do everything and I I probably have some control issues you mm -hmm. know but um but so Gwen has been helping me a lot with like just like shipping and, uh, and organizing events like that event, like she organized it and, and she books it. Um, and then she, when she's there, uh, she gives me the opportunity to, you know, she talks to people and when I can and vice versa. Mm -hmm. and, and she's like a great salesperson because she, I'm not going to stand out there and go, hey, check me out, I'm awesome. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. she will, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, she was definitely, and it was, it was not, a, it was a soft sell, not even a sell, it was just we're not even relaying information. Right. We're not, I mean, obviously I want to sell. Yeah. And so mostly what I do is, like I'm doing for this young man, is I make custom instruments for people. Usually they're people that can pay, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I always try to, I try to work in a price range that's not crazy i try to just compete with like what it would cost to go buy an american-made instrument in a store you know? mm -hmm. uh, but custom and, and sustainably 
Um, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to get rich. I'm just, I, I love what I do and I'm just trying to pay the bills, you know? Yeah. And, and so you, you, you're on, you have a YouTube channel. And so in talking with your wife, it's like, yo, he's got a shoe. Oh God. I was like, you what? <laughs> yo, he's not an athlete. Yo, he's got his own, he's got his own shoe. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's not that cool, but it's pretty freaking cool. And it's a lesson to, to young people out there about like, you know, the concept of like, I'm not gonna make air quotes, but the concept of selling out, <laughs> right? Cause everybody, you know, it's like you go, like everybody wants to be an influencer now, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to make, um, and and you watch it, you see these videos that people make and this content people make, and it's like, you're like, that dude doesn't use that product. Like that's, he, you know, he's uh, he's selling some like women's skincare, like a video game. <laughs> like I know that guy doesn't play video games. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and it's when you see that, it's sort of disingenuous, and it, I don't think it helps the person making the ad. Yeah. And I don't think it helps the company, right? Because everybody yeah. knows it's like you're, this is a cash grab. This company's willing to throw you cash for you to mm -hmm. say their spiel. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I do a little bit of that, and I dabbled in it, um, but I've always been like, I'm not gonna promote a company unless I vet them a little bit, right? You know, and, and I make sure they're cool, because um, I don't want some video surfacing of me saying like, oh, use you know Joe smoked bacon, but I've been a vegetarian <laughs> for 20 years and Joe's in prison for like God knows what. You know, I don't want to be like. And this comes up, <laughs> right? Running then, for president, that, that, exactly. <laughs> you know, we're just like you know, so so Carolina shoe, mm -hmm. they uh, they made some videos with some friends of mine. I was suggested. And they contacted me, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to, but because I'm a, a staunch vegetarian and I avoid leather, I'm like, it wouldn't be good for you or me mm -hmm. if I were to make a video for your boots because they're all leather. Um, I was, you know, I was like, it's just not going to do any of it. I'd love to work with you. I hear you guys are great, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it's just not going to do anybody any good if I do that. I said, but if you start making a, a, a boot that's vegetarian friendly someday, like, I'm all in. And then that got forwarded up to this guy uh, David that was like in the head of design or whatever and he was like, like yeah we, we could probably do that because they have their factory in Pennsylvania where they do small runs mm -hmm. uh, they have overseas factories too because they're a big company you know but um, they, they were like we can do a small run of like a couple hundred pairs of boots and only a certain amount of sizes the way it's told or whatever and so I went there with uh, a couple of my friends actually and they have this thing where you can actually walk through and make your own boots wow and so we we ordered some material like all these different we looked in all these different vegetarian leathers and you know naga hide speaking of connecticut naga tuck mm -hmm. where that was you know but, like these modern versions that are really durable and um breathable and stuff and this whole thing are mailing me packages of samples back and forth i'm just like dude you guys like whatever you want to do like if it's a vegetarian i'll say it's cool like that's mm -hmm. your this is way above and beyond Ended up going down to this factory, making my own pair of boots, walking around to each station where they're like. I should ask you to wear the boots today, man. I didn't wear them today. I, I did, uh, I've been giving my feet a break and just wearing sneakers the past couple weeks. But okay. I, I've worn them basically every day since for like three or four years. Um, mm -hmm. I'm on my second pair now. Wow. Uh, and they they made this like so we made them for me. I made some videos about it mm -hmm. and uh, to see if there's interest. And we made like a hashtag Sway Carolina and. And uh, it ended up being that there were enough people where they're like, okay, well, we made that one pair that, that I was wearing. Like, we'll try it. We'll make a short run. Like, it was like a gross, you know. Mm -hmm. And they're sold out now. And I don't think they're going to make another batch. But um, but it was just like an awesome. Or they're almost sold out. There's a couple pairs left. But it was like a pretty pretty cool experience. Yeah, that is that is definitely a cool experience. I had just finished reading um, Rick Ross's book. And he was talking about Evander Holyfield. Yeah. Like he said one of the reasons that Holyfield, you know, wound up going broke was he was doing these partnerships that really didn't make sense. Yeah. You know, so he's a Christian and he's got this 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 um, record label that he's forming and the person he's bringing on the record label is like, you're matching up with brands and companies that really don't mesh with your personal brand. 
Right. And so to hear you say that is just like, well, and it was it was an example of like this amazing. If I had just said yeah and just made it, I would have gotten the one video. I would have made a grand or whatever, and mm-hmm. talk, you know, advertise some boots and you know, make some shoe holder or something. And it would have been you know whatever. And maybe some people would have been like, that's that's pretty lame. Maybe they yeah. would, maybe they wouldn't have noticed. Maybe they're not as sensitive as me. But because I stuck to my conviction, yeah, and I and I, I ended up having this amazing experience. I had people all over the country like writing to me that are like, like, dude, I'm a welder. I can never find good work boots that are vegetarian. Like, it's driving me nuts. Like, finally, mm-hmm. I got a pair I can wear. Like, all these people, and maybe not enough for them as a business to go out and start making thousands of boots. Yeah. But we set the standard. We showed, and there's like a hundred comments, thousand comments on the video. Like, well, those will never last as long as leather. They, dude, there's so And I'm not saying this because it's got my name out. They are so much better than leather mm-hmm. in every way. I wish I was wearing them today. If I knew you were going to talk about it, I would have shown yeah. you. They last longer. They're more breathable and comfortable. They're like, you don't have to break them in or nothing. Mm-hmm. They wipe off. It's waterproof. I mean, they're so much better than leather. And that's one of those things that like, you know, I, I'm into is like that progression of like, well, this is the way we've always done it. It's like, yeah. well, does that mean it's the way we always have to do it? Yeah. yeah. Maybe it does, but let's find out. Let's see. You know? Let's see if see. we can do it differently. I'm I'm 100% willing to fall flat on my face trying something new and be like, yep, you were right. That's You're the right. leather. But now we know, mm-hmm. you know, the technology changes. 50 years ago, yeah, the, the synthetics, the nog hide wasn't as good. Now mm-hmm. it's better. You know, you gotta keep trying. Yeah, so, so what's next for you, Tim? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, if you had asked me 10 years ago, like what I'd be doing in 10 years, I'd, this, oh, I'd be sitting in a truck talking to you that I made out of pallets, like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, man. It's, that's, uh, that's the only constant in my life is that I'm, I'm never gonna close my mind to possibilities and opportunities. Like, I don't, will I still be making guitars? Like right now, I feel like, yeah, I'll probably still be doing this and getting better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I could also see me going in a totally different direction. Like, uh, sometimes I feel a little bit selfish for, uh, guitars are a luxury, you know? They're indulgent, even though I'm making them in like more affordable price points, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, when there's people that don't have food and, shelter right and so I, I think maybe I should be building houses and growing food you know like maybe that would be a better the reason I went from guitars when I was making furniture like my customers are all you know rich people mm-hmm. I want a reclaimed dining table and you know thousands of dollars and and it was like I, I have this mission about sustainability and you know environmentalism and stuff that would just like end at their kitchen table and, um, but with guitars like music is a, is a powerful agent for change mm-hmm. And so I feel like every time I see like a singer songwriter out there like singing some song about the planet and all the troubles and they're playing this guitar that I can look at it and know the materials like that came from like Africa where people were probably paid pennies on the dollar to cut that tree down and I bet there's some kid lost a finger you know mm-hmm. and, and then that came from Honduras where you know God only knows what kind of you know Banana Republic is built around the lumber industry there mm. and then to mention the footprint that tree took four thousand years to grow that big in order for you to cut it down and make this it's like man you know that. That bothers me, like, and so I thought if I could start putting these guitars in people's hands, mm-hmm. like, you don't have to deforest Africa to make your song about saving Africa, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in uh, trying to, you know, be that agent of change that way, because yeah. um, I, you know, I, you and me, we might want it, we can't, we can't fix the world, but we can contribute with our strengths, yeah. you know. And so I was like, well, maybe, I mean, I could go with Jimmy Carter and build houses for Habitat for Humanity, and maybe help build some houses, mm-hmm. but I feel like. This, this is art that then goes on to make art. So if I yeah. can make guitars and I can get guitars in as many people's hands as they progress out into their careers and they can spread my message for me, then I'm like a, 
I'm like a disease vector. I'm like COVID, like spreading goodness. Spreading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let, let's let's see one of the um pull, pull, out, pull out some of the guitars, man. Let's um yo, there's some inside of, of the uh yeah the drawers here. Yeah, there's a there's a few more in there. I actually just sold a couple, so I'm a couple a couple shy. This is the carpet guitar. The car okay. The 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 guitar pit. Guitar pit. <laughs> this is a, a collaboration with uh, my buddy Keith Decent, who is into this carpet tufting. Mm -hmm. And um, what is carpet tufting? It's like a gun that you make the carpet. So he hangs this fabric and he shoots this thread through it. Oh, okay. And, uh, and and so he can do designs and, gotcha. and stuff. And he's been making melted popsicles. That's why it's got these drips on it. So I gotcha. said, let's make a melted popsicle guitar. Mm. And uh, we did this one. It's all made out of reclaimed flooring to keep with the theme of being a carpet. You know? Okay, gotcha. So like, that's like that's one of my more like artsy ones. But then I have some, you know, sort of more. Oh, this is a this is a bass six, which is a guitar, but tuned down an octave like a bass. Mm. So it's like a low guitar. And I've been really into these lately. And this is all about this is all reclaimed chestnut, which is like my favorite wood to work with. Why is that? Because it's it's extinct um, mm. from a, a blight of like a bug uh, that happened like a hundred something years ago, and the only way you can get this chestnut is by tearing down a house that was built before the blight, or like something else that was built before the blight. So a lot of these old homes in towns like Meriden here, they're built in the eighteen fifties, sixties, and stuff. All the studs are this chestnut, and so if you tear the house down, and you throw it away. You're throwing away this wood that's beautiful, has all <laughs> the significance to you know over overproduction and waste and blights mm. and, and it's just great wood okay so I love using that what is that blue stuff what is that, that, is uh, that? this is uh, there's a sign shop near my house that this is from their drops it's like an eco acrylic okay um, and so they were making signs for some people and they when they're they just recently moved but when they were there and they had some waste they would had like a pile of stuff that like they didn't have any use for I'd go take it all and I could get smaller things out of it you know mm. so I do a lot yo of he's that. got an acrylic cutter yo well, that's the, the He's laser. He's got like, like a laser. That's the laser. The laser Like I saw this thing. I was like, yo, this guy is serious, man. Yeah, yeah. I got a laser. Here's another one without acrylic. This is also chestnut that I, st I stained green. Oh, yeah. That's dope, yo. Uh, and the handle. Or what, what the, oh, this is called a whammy bar, tremolo, or vibrato. Yeah, a whammy bar. This this other thing up top. That's what's that? I don't know the, the, the terms for the. This? Yeah, that's well, the head. The, the head, head and the, and then this this is the arm. What is that? Uh, head, neck, body. Makes neck. sense. Neck. Right? Okay. Head, head, neck, head body. neck, and body. There you yeah. go. There you go. Okay. Yeah, and so the arrows in there are for what? Uh, I, my logo is just versions of arrows of the, like the recycle logo. You know, the three arrows and the recycle symbol. Okay. I just I just play with arrows and everything. Gotcha. You know, it's just sort of like my thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, man. So. Oh man. Oh, I see. I see it on 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 the. It's that one that's there now. It's got the arrow in it. I see it on the back and oh, the top, yeah. on the neck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's my the head. Yep, the head. That's the Very head. good. The head. Yeah. Ah, I learn. I'm yeah. a, I'm a fast learner. Oh yo. no, this one here has an arrow sound hole in it. There. Oh okay. And what is that made out of? That's made out of what? This is man. You got a good eye. This is walnut mm -hmm. from a. Do you know what a pump organ is? A pump so, organ. So in the, it was like the Casio of the 1880s, man. It was like you would pump your feet, and uh, and these bellows would would build up air pressure and you push the key and the air goes through the valve. Wow. And like everybody and their mother had one during like the Victorian era. It was like, cause pianos are expensive and big and these are relative. Pump organ. So yeah, it's just like a little, and you, you'd pump with your feet and you play your church hymns or whatever. Mm. And uh, everybody sing around it at night cause there's no Netflix, you know what I mean? It was just, you know, you sit around and sing songs together as a family, read books and sing songs. <laughs> and everybody, like these things are wicked popular in the middle class, you know, and, uh, and nowadays they're, 
they're all trash. Mice get in them, you know. Yeah. And there, and um, there's, you know, and people get upset like, oh, you wrecked that beautiful. It's like nobody wants this thing, man. <laughs> like, you know, I, I I had gotten a stack of half a dozen of them from a guy. He bought a lot of forty of them mm-hmm. uh, because there was a couple in there that were valuable, and then the rest of them were just not. And he was like trying to sell them. Nobody. He ended up just giving them to me because he didn't want to throw them away. And then I did stuff like this where I make instruments out of it. So this walnut top has been making music since the 1800s. Mm. Which I think is wicked cool. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah there's stories behind. Right. It. Yeah. Right. You know. So when you mentioned to me, you know, I'm making music from something that was something else, uh, and this piece turning this piece into something, and somebody's going to create music from it, and continues to like live on. Man. Yeah. So it's. I mean, you know, art. What people just talk about, like, you know, like society and the, what is what is it when you you know. 10,000 years from now when there's some archaeological dig of our society what do they find? They find the art. Like that's that's how they judge a that's how they judge a culture. Yeah, you know? I mean we, that's how we judged all the other cultures the Greeks, the Romans the, the you know the architecture the art that they leave behind and so you know it upsets me when going gets tough and like art is the first thing to get cut from every budget. Yeah. It's like well what are what's the budget for if it's not to perpetuate art? Yeah. You know? It's funny you say that because <laughs> I've been on this thing this rant it's like that's the first thing they cut from schools. Music and art, every time. Music and art. Yeah. And yeah. then during COVID, people it's like people who were creative is like, okay, I'll just make something. I'll start sewing. I started yeah. sewing again. Oh yeah. You know, people started baking. People <laughs> yeah. started businesses. It's like you you you're trying now to create something. Yeah. Because I can't get out. What what am I gonna do now? What I, I'm not gonna sit. I've watched a couple of episodes of Ozark. I'm not gonna lie. And it was like, okay, enough of this. And I started, you know, watching Masterclass. Something was gonna, oh, yeah. start sewing, and you know, and I told you about the podcast that we we, we created, and it, you get back into a zone. But the finding your passion, um, and that's that's what this show is about: being able to, you know, amplify the voices of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things. And Tim, you're doing some incredible work. Um, I, I appreciate. The, the time that you spent um, with us, man, and continue to do. Where would people find you and want to find out more about you? Uh, best place to go is newperspectivesmusic.com. That's my my main store, you know, and I have some other side ventures too, but, and also youtube.com slash Tim Sway. Just type in Tim Sway and you'll find me. I've Or on, on, on Instagram, there. Tim Sway, you know. Uh, Tim Sway one on Instagram, yeah, just type in Tim Sway and you'll find me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, thank you so much, Tim. I would shake his hand, but he said we we're doing the COVID elbow. You know, because so my son's 11, he can't get vaccinated yeah, yet, we, so I'm just doing, you know, doing my best. I hear you, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know if we were doing the, 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 the fist bump, you know. Yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. doing air quotes, I know that. I know, yeah, I learned. <laughs> I'm done, I'm done. Oh, man, thank you so much, Tim. I yeah, appreciate cheers. you. Cheers, man, thank you. All right.